0: Yo, it is Puka just wanting to take a minute here to wish all of you a very happy holiday season and a prosperous new year as we close the chapter on a crazy 2020. Also just wanted to let you all know we are doing some exclusive interviews to get you through those dark cold days of January, but they will only be available on our YouTube channel. So go over to YouTube, The One To Go Show, search us up, go ahead and subscribe. Like I said, we've got uh, uh, about a half dozen interviews lined up there for you to get you through some of the coldest days of winter. With that, we hope you enjoy the show. Everybody to the One to Go show. It is Puka. Once again, joined by the Burt Lehman and the Ryan Aho for our final show of 2020. So welcome, everybody. How we doing, uh, fellas? Got some football today. We were talking a little earlier. No, we don't
1: want to talk about football. We don't want to talk about that at all. Um, But uh, I will talk about the fact that it's been a great year for the show. But I am super, super excited to get done with 2020 and get on to 2021 for sure.
0: Yeah, I agree. How about you, Bert?
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, 2020 was uh, a very trying and uh, challenging year. Uh, at one point in the spring, we weren't even sure if we were going to have any racing during the summer. Uh, luckily we, we were, we're able to get some racing. At least it wasn't the normal season that we normally have, but it was still racing.
0: Yeah. Let me take care of a little bit of housekeeping here before we get going. Fans as always want to thank a couple of, of our partners, C4 energy, official energy drink of the Want to go show. We'll have that down in the links. Of course, Chomps Meat. These are my favorite, the turkey sticks. And now I'll be watching. Now this is going to be exclusive to our YouTube page. So if you haven't been there, one the one-to-go show on YouTube, you can you know go up to subscribe, check that out. But starting next week, we're going to be dropping some interviews that we did um, or that I did. So, but they will only be on YouTube. So make sure you get over there, subscribe, and check those out. We'll get you through these short, cold, dark days of winter. I think we've got about six lined up. So for the next six weeks, we'll be throwing one in every week. So uh, that's a little bit on the housekeeping there. So Ryan, we'll turn it over to you and we'll get the, um, I guess it's, this is basically an awards episode, kind of our last episode, kind of an awards episode for the best of 2020. Yeah,
1: we we should really be talking about Gateway and all that stuff that just happened, but that's not happening this year. Of course, it's 2020. There is a couple races coming up, right? You know, there's a little bit of late model racing. We've got the hangover coming up here next week at at the 411. Um, We got, uh, what is it, the Lucas Oil Tulsa shootout coming up, we got Wild West coming up, so things are right around the corner, but this episode here is going to be 100% on the best of, the storylines, everything related to the the 2020 year, which I'll just say it's been unique. (laughs) I mean, it has (laughs) been, I don't know any other words to put it to it. I think uh, we can't say some of them on the air, uh, but there has been, it's been quite trying, and And quite frankly, I talked to some racetracks, and they actually had a lot better years this year than they've ever had. So for some people, it was great. And then for other people, they're like, I just want this crap to end, right? And then for some people, it's just in the middle. But uh, let's start with our top five storylines of 2020. And and starting at number five, right? Tony Stewart. Little competition going on here with NASCAR, starting the SRX uh, series, I guess it's the Superstar racing experience in 2021. Guys, what do you know about that series coming to us next year?
2: Um, well, I haven't heard anything about it recently, but I really haven't been paying attention. So there may have been some news released about it, but I'm not I'm not sure. Um, you know, when it was first announced, uh, you know, we, we're all wondering what it was gonna be, but you know, they're supposed to be racing at some of the um, premier uh, tracks not nascar related around the country so uh it'll be interesting to see when it finally does kick off
0: yeah i think there's a there's a lot of ways you can take this you know just kind of tony stewart kind of that rebel brand he has uh you know this you know it's going to be kind of an ugly divorce from nascar uh you know it reminds me a little bit of and, and tony's pockets aren't as deep as like um oh gosh vince mcmahon you know with, the, with when he tried the, you know the football twice and of course last year you know, he really thought he was going to get it right. And he did it last spring, right. When COVID hit. And, and, you know, so that obviously is a done deal, but you know, there's going to be, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's competition for TV contracts. So not just the TV, but of course the ad dollars that go along with it, the attention, and then something, if you find some traction with this pun intended uh, you know, the talent, you know, I mean, he's already got Ray Everham on board. I mean, I don't know if Ray Everham had a, a capacity with NASCAR, but you know, if you were you know looking for somebody who's been in the, in the field, you know, and say, Hey, let's talk about chassis, chassis safety or something. Ray Everham would good, be a good resource. Well, I don't think Ray everham's is going to be helping out NASCAR. So there's, you know, it's not just the on, you know, the driving talent and et cetera, but you know, like I said, a guy like Ray Abraham, I think the last person, I think Bobby Labonte is going to be piloting a car was kind of the last driver that I heard that had signed on with Tony. So this is, is going to be interesting. We know what's happened with NASCAR's ratings and we know what's happened with dirt car track, just dirt track racing is going this way. So, Tony's got you know this is interesting it's going to be really interesting to see how this thing plays out hopefully two or three years down the road hopefully Tony can get it to you know to the finish line in 2021 and then we will see a 2022 2023 and see how it builds yeah and, and I heard rumors that XFL that's not a done deal I heard that's going to continue to go the Rock is involved with that
1: so I yes. heard
0: that you know once this sold it so yeah the Rock was part of that buying group yeah
1: yeah yeah so that's that's still going to happen but Uh, You know, what I'm excited about with Tony is he understands the entertainment aspect of it. And he realizes that a three, four-hour NASCAR race is simply just not entertaining. He wants to get it into a shorter window, make it more more fan-friendly. And he's been involved with the dirt track world, the NASCAR world, everything in between. So I'm excited to see what he has in store for 2021. So, guys, let's get to number four. Number four we talk about marketing, right? We talk about, you know, basically kind of ties in with what Tony Stewart has. It's all marketing, but one company stands alone in, especially the dirt track world in 2020 that really put their stamp on everything. Puka, what happened there?
0: Oh gosh, it's drying, you know, making the splash of like the century, you know, and we've talked about it a few times on this show, um, uh, you know, and I think Ryan, you had one of the best points. You know, because there was a point this summer, you because know, they they threw in a bunch of money when the World of Outlaws came up to Jackson, they had the Sprint and and Late Models show. You know, I think they bumped it up to like twenty thousand to win for each, and it was around that time I said, Ryan, do you think that Dryden is there any question they'll be the title sponsor for the Late Models? wait, you know next year. And you said, Well, wait, hold on a second. They said, You know, th- they're getting all the attention, and they're not even paying for. You know, we don't have any idea what 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 that you know Morton building space is that title sponsor, but they have definitely made a splash. Everyone knows who driving now is now. If you didn't, you know, in 2018 or 2019, you know them now.
1: Yeah. And, and Bert, what, what's your thoughts on that? And I have a few thoughts, but I'm going to let you go first. What's your thoughts on driving splash in 2020?
2: Well, I mean, the thing is the splash wasn't just on a tour, uh, because they're also spon- sponsoring, uh, drivers. I mean, obviously Bloomquist and Madden are the, uh, the two biggest names, uh, that they sponsor so you know they are throwing money around um hopefully you know it's not just a couple of years where they throw money around and then they're gone i mean hopefully this is a long-lasting relationship uh that can be beneficial for everybody involved
1: yeah and to add to that you know a couple other drivers you know obviously ricky weiss right but in the sprint car world right you know i got keith gotta get his love even in this last show of the year, <laughs> he's gotta get his love right but in the sprint car world, Logan Schuhart and Jacob Allen, you know, both Dean cars. So, you know, looking at that, it's like, why would they be a title sponsor as a fan? And we watched a lot of racing this year. How many times would you say that you heard? I mean, do you, does Morton Buildings even stick out, right? You know, they were the title sponsor. And I feel like way more marketing was done by Dean, and they weren't even the title sponsor. So that's, a, you know, that's something on the world of Outlaws that they really got to pay attention to right because if you're the title sponsor for that series in another business not related it's not competition to them but if they're getting way more exposure than your title sponsor they need to do some work on that and and they do a pretty good job but i think they need to go i need to they think they need to step that up in 2021 otherwise there might be some questions answered so dry dean Huge splash in 2020 in, in a year where sponsorship dollars were really tough to come by, right? For a lot of people, because of everything going on, you know, they threw money everywhere and maybe they got some PPP money in there to kind of throw around. I'm not really sure.
0: Maybe it wasn't even their money. Who knows, right? So let's go ahead. Puka. One more comment on that, too, is you know, one thing that Dryden's done well that Morton Buildings I don't see any of is, you know, they've, they've got that social media presence and they've got. Madden in some videos. They got Ricky doing some stuff. They got Bloomquist doing some stuff. So they really capitalized on the star power. And who remember, I mean, just a year ago, you know, well, let's, let's put it uh, 11 months ago, Brett Larson was the driving car. Does anyone even remember that? I mean, he raced the whole 2019 season. I don't even know, maybe 18. I don't think it was 18. No, I think he was still kind of just Arnie's car. It was Arnie on it, but you know, and does anybody even remember that Brett Larson, cause they weren't doing all this social media stuff. You know, they weren't, they weren't capitalizing on star power. So yeah, they've, they've made a commitment and, and, and they must be seeing some sort of a return, uh, on the investment there. So that's, you know, that's great for dirt track racing. And like Bert said, let's, let's hope it's just not a quick splash and, and done. Let's hope it continues. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, one,
2: I just want, want to say one thing. I mean, cause I'm a diecast collector. Uh, but one thing with the dry Dean, I mean, they're sponsoring drivers who have diecast made. And are popular, and not just diecast, but even shirts. I mean, you see dry-dean all over the place. But you know, me as a diecast collector, you know, if you buy a Bloomquist car, Madden car, it's got dry-dean all over it. So you know, they're getting they're getting their bang for their buck by by sponsoring popular drivers,
1: and not only popular, but winners, right? Right. I mean, if if you're spending that kind of money. They want you in victory lane, right? They, they want you there. They want you to be the person, you know, that's getting those interviews because you're winning, not just because you're popular. You're exactly right. They're popular, but I think they're popular because they're winning and, you know, tip of the hat to Brent Larson, you know, great job getting that sponsor, but man, I hope he steps up his game in 2021 because he struggled and uh, I think that's why that money went elsewhere in 2020. So hopefully he can step up his game, driving sure has and and that's kind of the story of marketing partners in dirt track racing for the year 2020 so now you know we're talking about some drivers talking about late models one thing that stuck out to me and this is going to be number three when is the last time that you remember there being three distinct powerhouses in the national dirt late model world that's crazy and and uh i guess Bert, we'll start off with you I mean, when, I mean, you've been following dirt late models for a long time. When's the last time that you saw three distinct drivers just absolutely blow things out of the water, and all three of them have banner seasons?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're talking about Jimmy Owens, Brandon Shepard, and uh, now I'm now I'm drawing a blank. Seventy-six, Brandon, Brandon Overton. Overton. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and uh, I mean, yeah, the the thing about Overton is, you know, he didn't follow a series; he just, you know, picked and chose which races he wanted to race at so what's impressive about him is you know he was he was winning against a variety of different drivers I mean he won on Lucas he won on Outlaws he won on Sanction he won other series races so uh you know we we expect the winning of that Bishop does but uh the season at Overton was a little bit unexpected at least in my mind
0: yeah, and I think even even Owens, you know, I think he, I mean, Owens has been good. He's won a lot of Lucas titles, but he hasn't been this good, you know, the last couple of years. And you know, and I, and Overton, I remember the last time the World of Outlaws were in Hibbing, Overton was there in the '76 car, and I can't remember who even owns that at this point. But you know, and he was just kind of a field filler then. You know, he was he's young, you know, but. I mean, to see where he's gotten. So I think that would have been what 14 or something to see where he's come from 2014 to now. But yeah, I mean, I, I just, you know, poked into his webpage, 81 shows, 26 wins, 52 top fives and then 59 top tens out of 81 races. And even just getting 81 races in pretty impressive. Now I know if you do the Georgia Florida swing, they get you a lot of shows, you race in Georgia, you go down to East Bay and you go over to Volusia, you get a lot of shows there, but in this COVID shortened season, You know, he still managed 81 shows and yeah, definitely a breakout year in a lot of ways for Brandon Overton.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if I had to pick a driver to really keep an eye on other than RTJ, right? Um, for the 2021 season, it's going to be Overton for me because I think this is his first year that he really just catapulted to the top. But looking at the results for these guys, you mentioned Overton's results, of course, but Brandon Shepard, 87 shows in the late model. Now, he also ran a couple mod shows, won a couple there, but 87 shows. Holy cow. That's, that's insane in this shortened season. 30 wins on the year, 66 top fives for him. And uh, looking at Owens, 72 shows. 19 wins 42 top fives for jimmy owens and you know let's let's get away from just the wins and kind of look at some of the marquee events you know brandon overton he won the usa nationals dominated dominated the usa nationals he was good now hey brandon shepherd was coming right but he broke a motor pulled off he might might add a little something for him at the end but to finish first he must first finish and uh charlotte day one Not sure if I call that really necessarily a, you know, kind of a crown jewel, but Overton did get a win down at Charlotte. Then you look at Jimmy Owens. He won the topless. And then of course he absolutely dominated the Lucas Oil Series and and won that. Looking at Brandon Shepard, the Silver Dollar Nationals. He won that. The Dirt Track World Championship, argue, I mean, not arguably, it's the biggest paying race of the year. You look at the money earnings for that guy, he kind of blew it out of the water. And of course, another World of All title for him. So, you know, I guess I'm super happy that we got to watch so much racing this year because these guys put on a heck of a show when they competed against each other. It was that much better. But three powerhouses in 2020 in the late models, Brandon Shepard, Brandon Overton and Jimmy Owens. And uh, I think that's kind of setting the stage for 2021. I think us uh, Dirt Late Model fans are going to have some pretty cool things to watch. What do you guys think?
2: Well, Ryan, don't forget that uh, Jimmy Owens also won a Crate Late Model feature. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I know you're a big fan of that. So 20 um. <laughs> well, grand the win for that one, wasn't it? I mean, that was, yeah. a, that, was a, that
1: was a big payday. That was actually bigger
2: than most of his Late Model wins. So
1: there is that. There is that. Yeah.
2: Uh, but, I mean, another thing that impresses me about Shepard... Um, you know, everybody, you know, everybody knows he races the rocket house car. So, you know, he's got good equipment, but, uh, you know, when he's not racing that he has his family owned late model and he, he won some hell tour races, racing that, you know, when the world of outlaws was, you know, when they had weren't racing. So, uh, you know, he loves the race. Uh, when he, when he has an opportunity to race his family owned equipment, he does that. And like you said, he also races some odd stuff. Yeah, the
0: last time I can think of three drivers kind of being on top like this probably would have been 2012, which was the year that Lanigan really dominated the Woo, and then Bloomquist and Owens were neck and neck in the Lucas series, so, you know, what, eight years ago that I really think that there were kind of, those were kind of the three drivers back then when you pulled into a, a crown jewel, those are the kind of guys you were looking for, but there's there's been a lot of parity, you know, since then, and and but yeah, these three definitely, you know, like, like Ryan, you've always made this kind of the cream rises to the top, and those were the three that rose to the top this year.
1: And you know what's neat about those three, if you really think about it, humble the word to, the word that really comes to mind, humble. And you look at Brandon Overton, Brandon Shepard, and Jimmy Owens; their personalities are just super laid back, you know, and. Uh, is that good or bad for racing? You kind of want one of those people that are kind of rising to the top to be the bad boy. Don't you? You know, Bloomquist has always kind of been the voodoo child, black sunshine. He'll say what's on his mind. None of those three really do. So we kind of, we kind of need somebody to kind of come around 2021 and turn heel, right? Kind of, kind of have a little, a little rivalry going there. So that'll be fun to see if that happens in 2021. So guys, let's jump on to number two. Okay. In fact, we're going to go through number two so fast that we're not even going to talk about number two. Because when I <laughs> when I sent this over to our late model expert, Jeff, he says, really, number two needs to be part of number one because without number one, number two doesn't even happen. There is no number two. So, Jeff, you're right on the money. We're going to skip number two and we're going to go right to number one. And I don't think anybody's surprised by this, but the top storyline of 2020. And I don't care if it's the racing world or the world in general, it's COVID. I mean, there is, there is no other way around it. That is absolutely the top storyline of 2020 good, bad, or indifferent. And uh, let's talk about some of the things that happened as a result of COVID and and Bert, you know, you might, I'll let you start, what do you have, you know, what are some things that stuck out to you that happened because of COVID?
2: Well, I mean, the first thing that, that, sticks out in my mind is that i mean the season was delayed i mean at least in eastern wisconsin we didn't start racing until uh the very end of may early june so i mean you know that's almost a month and a half lost uh, you know because of covid um now i know some tracks in the western part of the state uh they they got their season uh started a little bit earlier uh i don't know the tracks in Eastern Wisconsin must be a little bit more conservative than the tracks in Western Wisconsin. Um, But I mean, and then the other thing that comes to mind is, I mean, some tracks didn't even race at all. I mean, look at Red Cedar Speedway in in Menominee. I mean, unfortunately uh, you know, they had to pull the plug on the whole season. Uh, There was a track track, the the Hill in Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin and Eastern Wisconsin, they didn't race at all this year. So, you know, those are the two things that uh, come to, mind right away about how COVID impacted racing.
0: Okay. What do you got?
2: Yeah.
1: COVID?
0: yeah well, I, I think the streaming is really what, what, what came to mind, you know? Uh, well, well, first off, I guess echoing Bert just a little bit is, is we're lucky, you know, Ryan, you're, you're close to Wisconsin. Bert lives in Wisconsin. I'm an hour from Wisconsin. We're kind of lucky that we were near a state that could race you know, where South Dakota never shut down, they had racing, you know, we could have stuck over there in Wisconsin, you know, after that Supreme Court, all of a sudden we're racing, you know, Cedar Lake puts things together. I think they, that that lawsuit, whatever was on like a Monday night, wasn't it burger, a Tuesday night and then Wednesday, said, we're racing this weekend, you know, we're opening, here we go, you know, and, and so just the way the states, and I mean, you're seeing that all through, I mean, the role, I don't know if you guys saw that yesterday or two. the Rose Bowl, the Rose Bowl, is going to Texas this year the Rose Bowl it's like it's the Rose Bowl right it's in California but (laughs) and so now next year I even heard that like one of the girls basketball uh, NCAA D1 one of the conferences might be doing like a pod down in San Antonio so you're seeing you know kind of these winners and losers from from COVID so we were fortunate like I said that we got to see some um you know just our proximity and of course Minnesota eventually opened up and and such but but the video streaming was the big thing for me you know that big announcement in may hey we're going to have the dream but it's going to be called the stream i remember thinking you know how's this going to work what's this going to be like you know then of course they did it again with whatever they called it you know which ended up being the world 100 but just of course all the streaming services dirt ray central you know, uh, dirt on dirt. We got, you know, flow racing now, you know, I'm, I'm watching like you, Ryan, you said earlier, you said we all watched a lot of racing. We were talking about dry tea. Yeah. We all watched a lot of racing right here, you know, <laughs> from home. And so that, you know, for me was a really, really big change. And I don't think that's going to change. And, you know, we'll probably be touching on this for years to come. You know, how is the video and streaming changing the sport? So, those are a couple of the big ones for me. How about you, Ryan? I mean, there's just so
1: well, much there. I'm just segue off that a little bit. You know, a couple of things Bert mentioned with Menominee not opening and, you know, in, in our neck of the woods, in, I guess in Minnesota, one of my favorite tracks that I raced at, Proctor Speedway, they didn't open, right? You know, you look at the the Granite City Speedway, they didn't open. Montevideo didn't open. So you start looking at some of these tracks that didn't open, right? And then we kind of segue into some <clears throat> special events, right? You know, you look at, you talked about, you uh, Eldora, but you got Knoxville, the Prairie Dirt Classic, you know, the, I guess, the longest lasting Wasota Invitational, the Silver 1000, that didn't go. The Red Clay Classic didn't happen. The Advantage RV Mod Tour, no Wasota 100, right? No Wasota National Points. You start looking at that PRI show, Gateway and Dirt Nationals, which we'd be talking about right now. You know, you start looking at all of that stuff, it's like, my goodness. I mean, that's just the cancel culture just kind of drove me nuts. And you know racing eventually did start to resume at most tracks and a lot of things did happen and you're exactly right on the streaming stuff it's like i watched more racing online this year than i've ever in my entire life combined watched right and i i enjoyed it you know i think i think like dirt race central it was amazing because I'm a Wasota guy, right? So I know all the people in Wasota so I can jump on Dirt Race Central and I can watch a ton of races of people I know and, and enjoy that. And I'm going to ask you guys this this though, because of all the streaming and all the shows that we've currently watched online this year, is there a certain track or, or something, is there something that's like came to your attention that you wouldn't even have
2: known about without all this streaming stuff? Bert, I'll start oh, yeah. with you. Um, well, I mean, I kind of touched touched on this when we did the uh, top 25 late model drivers. Uh, you know, the drivers in the Dakotas, I wasn't really familiar with at all. But because of streaming, I was able to uh, watch some of them race. And uh, in a normal summer or normal race season, I would not have done that. But uh, because of um, in the spring, uh, there are races down south. So I uh, on at that time subscribed to Dirt on Dirt, and I was able to watch the races down south. And I was skeptical of streaming, uh, but now I've opened up to a, li- a little bit more. I mean, I'd still rather be at the track. Don't get me wrong. I mean, nothing beats be- being at the track. But uh, streaming does allow you to see races that normally you wouldn't you wouldn't see.
0: Yeah, for me it was it was really false. You know, put in the down at Fairbury. Uh, Fairbury American Legion Speedway putting themselves on the map. I mean, that was a track I had always heard of. I've never been to, and I, you know, how impressive are they? And you know, they did a good job. I think they really capitalized on this with their uh, one for the road was the race that they're doing now between Eldora and Knoxville, which is brilliant. They have to drive from Eldora to Knoxville. Why don't you catch them on a weeknight? I think they did a fifteen thousand dollar to win on a Tuesday night, so a little risky. A one night, one and done. You know, week night. You know, but. Uh, that was a pretty successful event. And then the other one I love, and maybe you guys can remember which one it is. What, what track is it in Illinois where the flag stands in the middle? Flag stands in the middle. Remember that one? And they streamed a couple of races. I saw a couple of uh, uh, hell Tour races there, but I can't remember which one it is. But they is got it, the was flag it stands in the middle. Did Macon have it in the middle? Was it a little ring? I Yeah, know, it was a little ring, and they got the flag stands in the middle. So maybe if you're out there and you, you know which track that is, please comment. Um, and then the other thing about Falls where they filmed from the backstretch so you see them crossing the finish line when they're taking the, the checker, which is, you know, normally right. You know, you're looking down right there where this one, you're actually looking across the track. You could see which, which car noses to the front.
1: You know, and that's such a good idea, right? Because most of the, a lot of tracks, they don't really have anything in the back. It would be so easy to put the media tower in the back, right? Because then you don't have all the interference and all that stuff. That that's kind of a pretty neat deal that they did over there at falls with that. Because like you said, I mean, I don't remember who it was. I think it was uh, Shepard or not Shepard, but I think Pierce and maybe Heckenass or something were side by side at the line. And we're like, how'd they call it that way? And, and they went back to the video footage and they're like, yeah, no, we got that wrong. And they did actually <laughs> make it right after that because it has such a good view. But uh, you know, what stuck out to me, you know, falls is number one. You know, I heard of falls just a little tiny bit, but I never realized how darn exciting that place really is. And and I can guarantee you this, that place 100% is going to have more fans come there for like the Prairie Dirt classic. And for some of these bigger shows simply because of streaming, what they were able to see online, that that is going to work out to their benefit for sure. And another thing is this, you know, you get to thinking about, like Bert said, you know, you know, if you're watching, if you're in a certain area and you don't get to watch drivers in these different regions, It really helps to promote those drivers with soda should be capitalizing on this because what a marketing opportunity to market the drivers, the fans, the sponsors There's so much can be done with it. I think we're just in the beginning stages of, of the streaming services, but because of COVID, right? Simply because of COVID, it really got a lot of people's attention. And uh, I think it's going to be a good tool for the sport moving forward. So I'm excited to see how that goes. Now, Another thing, you know, talking about technology, right? We're still on the COVID subject. What are things happen because of COVID? Did you guys ever in a million years think that people would actually be watching an iRacing race online as a form of entertainment? I mean, I can see sitting out and watching your kids or grandkids play a video game. Yeah, I know. Hey, I'll watch you. Hey, good job, kid. But like actually people tuning in
2: to watch it. Did you ever think that would happen? Well, you said watching it online. It wasn't even watching it online. Fox Sports was televising it because right. they were desperate, desperate for any sort of sporting event to, to broadcast in the in the spring. And uh, I mean, what happened? I mean, it wasn't part of the Fox thing. It was a it was a different event. But that leads us to what you're going to get to in number two is Kyle Larson. <laughs>
1: yeah exactly you know so you, you think about that you, you're talking fox you're talking people online you're talking of all this stuff right and, and keep in mind you know just a few days back i actually watched the inaugural john Sites memorial i racing race online they held it at the cedar lake version because they don't have the river city speedway on iRacing. racing and uh, my buddy john uh, johnny broking led he led that race and he kind of faded a little bit and Jake Franke drove by him. You know, he's a street stock. guy now. got a super stock. I never thought I'd watch that. I was over at the broken camp. I was over there with Bob and big John. And I'm like, they're like, Hey, we're going to watch Johnny race. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> good grief. well, we ended up watching it. I, it was actually sad enough to say it was, it was fairly entertaining. Whoever the announcers were on there did a heck of a good job. So that, that was pretty cool. But, we talk about Kyle Larson, right? Because that was going to be number two. That whole deal, guys, in my opinion, never happens. In fact, not my opinion, it wasn't my opinion now, but Jeff Son brought it up. That never happens. Right. That does not happen without COVID because he's jumping on there racing and, and then he was online, and, and all of a sudden he slip of the tongue and he shouldn't have said it. Whatever it is what it is, but all of a sudden he gets turned in. So, number one, he probably wouldn't even have been doing that if racing would have been going on so that that would never happen but number two my opinion they wouldn't have made such a big deal about like a little slip of the tongue deal if like everything else in life was going on there was so little going on in the world at that time nothing in sports no news people are going what in the heck everybody's bored out of their minds when all of a sudden one little thing turned into like yeah you're kicked out of nascar and it's like what just happened are you serious that does not happen without COVID. It's, it's not even a thing. But, right, NASCAR got rid of them, and, and us as dirt fans, what a treat it turned out to be. <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable. The talent that guy has, being able to watch him, whether it was in Midget or USAC cars or World of Outlaws sprints or Lucas Oil late models, 46 wins, I believe, on the year absolutely amazing and just being able to watch his raw talent in a multitude of cars literally just jump in cars he's never been in and win uh, that was pretty cool you know uh, what, what's your guys thoughts on on kyle larson which is number two and part of number one
0: yeah i mean just yeah no, it was a guy that you know i didn't know much about quite frankly you know i knew he did some dirt track stuff was was he in the target car when he first got into nascar
2: yeah. 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 And, and
1: in fact, me and Jeff talked about that. And that's why they burnt down all them targets and the riots and stuff, because <laughs> what he said on that eye racing race right. was clearly a racist comment and, and that tied them to targets. So they started with all the riots right. burning down targets because that's the
0: international symbol. That's what it was. That was, the, <laughs> that was the torch. Okay. So, you know, so yeah, I mean, like I said, knew who he was and, and, you know, didn't know much about him. And then of course, you know, we, we, you know, the rest is history at this point. And I also remember that I racing Bubba Wallace found himself in a little bit of hot water. You know, I mean, I know this is more about Kyle Larson, but just that, like you said, without any iRacing, and I know you had brought up the iRacing about a year ago, Ryan, we talked a little bit about it as, as things got slow, you guys ever seen it? And I saw the sponsorships on the cars like you guys did. I just, it just went in one ear out of the other. And I just, you know, and I remember you saying, you know, it's pretty cool, Raj, you can get in these cars and you got to set them up and, and guys actually test on iRacing in some cases, you said, right? And so that was a world that I knew nothing about that, you know, now clearly exists, you know, uh, in my reality. But uh, yeah, just like I said, Kyle Larson, forty-six wins, you know, it, nothing needs to be said. I mean, he's a guy's just a stud. He he absolutely is. And that, and there's another. What else? You know, what else happened as a result
1: of COVID? You know, myself. This is something we were talking about, guys. About this time last year, you know, I was helping out the Grand Rapids Speedway. Had some huge plans, and I'm like, you know, racing is racing, but we got to figure out how do we fill the grandstands we got to get more people to the track that have never been involved i still believe that right so we got to create a new fan base and here in 2020 fanless racing fanless sports fanless everything it's like here we're trying to figure out how to get more fans and we got all these places just going now ah, we don't need fans we're gonna go without i'm like you know I, I know that's good bad i mean at least they got to race i get it but Man, I mean, I know fan counts were going down, but did you ever think there'd be a day where, like, you watch racing and
2: there's nobody there at the racetrack? No, I never thought I'd see that. I mean, let alone, I mean, and like you said, I mean, all sports, I mean, I mean, we were just talking, you know, like the Packers, I mean, they the that, stadium seats seventy three thousand or something like that then they are letting about 850 people in to watch their games i mean who would have ever thought they'd see that but yeah with, you know with racing i mean economically it just doesn't work to not have fans um and so yeah i never thought i'd saw i'd see that and then another thing regarding covid is Uh, during the summer you pretty much had to check the schedules for all the tracks on Monday of each week because the schedules were constantly changing Uh, I mean just as as an example a Dirt King schedule wasn't anything close from what it was originally supposed to be to what it wound up being by the time the season ended because I mean promoters of series especially were just looking for tracks that would be willing to host the races i mean how many world of outlaw races did cedar lake have this year because cedar lake was able to host racing with fans
0: yeah we touched on you know uh the just a couple episodes ago of course the challenge series was another thing that got canceled and we had talked in the spring about you know we got the repair repairable vehicles You know, that tri-state series, that's kind of the South Dakota, a little bit of Iowa, a little bit of Western Minnesota, like Montevideo, I believe was supposed to have a show and stuff like that. And then we've got the Dirt Kings, which came over into Eastern Wisconsin, especially Mississippi Thunder more than ever. And kind of how that was going to put the crunch on the challenge series just a little bit, because challenge series didn't have a lot of regulars. Well, like I said, guys are, you know, the guys already have a taste of these other series now without any any competition from the challenges you know this year it was just well we got to do this one or we have to do this other one well how is that going to affect things going into 2021 are they going to say well yeah i really like that series director i like the guys that raised there. right you know when there's a conflicting date or what have you i'm going to go i'm going to go do that i'm going to go with the dirt king so that that's going to be something lingering from covid you know and and really yeah.
1: Probably going to get in trouble for saying this. It is what it is, <clears throat> but it really it makes you look at these other series, right? Because the the Discount Shop Towels Dirt King series they continued on. The Repairable Vehicles Tri-State series they continued on. IMCA they continued on. USRA they continued on. Right? World of Outlaws, Lucas Oil, all that stuff. USMPS. The only one that didn't was with soda, Okay. Well, Wasoda is ran. It's an association. It's a club. All these other ones have a promoter of the series. They have one person in charge. They run it like a business. Wasoda is run like a I don't know, like it's like a city council or like a union or whatever where you got your board of directors and you got all this input and all that. Ultra conservative, right? They're not. They don't have no vision. They're not. They're not problem solvers. They're not people looking at it going. You know what? Yeah, we have an issue right here, but we're going to make it work. We just got to pivot a little bit and make it happen. They just threw in the towel right away and said, well, we're just, you know, there's a handful of guys in Canada that can't race. So it's just not fair. We're not going to have it. And at first I'm like, yeah, I get it. But no, after looking at it, I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, I think absolutely they dropped with soda dropped the ball there. In my opinion, there should have been national points. There should have been a 100. They should have carried on. They could have moved the 100 if they want to, but they just folded up temp. And, and that kind of, you know, I think when, when something happens like COVID or any obstacle in life, you find out who the winners and the losers are. And the winners are people that pivot and they they make it happen as a result of it. They might have to make some changes along the way. And the losers in the deal are the ones that just kind of throw in the towel and give up. And it's sad to say, I'm kind of starting to see what side of the spectrum certain groups and people and all that are falling into. And I'm not liking what I see being where, where my region is. So um, with that, anything else that happened with COVID this year, that, that really stuck out to you in the racing world. I mean, that's a lot right there, but clearly, clearly in 2020, that is the number one story, not only of racing, but of the entire world
0: is Colvin. I got one thing or two things, actually. Well, first off, I hope the sponsors come back. You know, it's kind of tough to sell sponsorships when, you know, you close for the year like Proctor or Montevideo and it's hard to sell sponsorships when you have limited fans. So uh, you know, or no offense at all in some cases. And then as we're talking more about the streaming, we just kind of see the world, you know, the world is going here, right? I mean, this is where the world is now. And it's going to be interesting to see, will there be a time when that flips where there's more people watching from the seat of you know, their recliner in their living room than actually attend? Will there be a, you know, a situation like retail, you know, many retailers have seen that. They, are they you know, they have stores, but now they sell more online, they do in their retail store so will we see that like like Bert said earlier I'd rather be there I'd rather be there too I like the smell I like the rumble you know you can feel the racing but will there be a time when people and we know that the average race fan a little bit on the probably 50 plus you know people are getting to their 60 I hear him saying all the time I don't like driving at night anymore I don't like driving at night so is this kind of solve that problem and like Ryan you were saying re- earlier who's going to be ready for this change you know in this pivot and you know, that's kind of where, you know, you can look at it as a negative negative, say, well, that online is ruining racing or you look at it as, as an opportunity and we have to capitalize on and figure out a way to get people right in their living room to, you know, subscribe to our own service or one of the other services and, and, and find a way to make that happen. Bert,
1: I'm going to let you touch on your thoughts there. And then I, I do have some thoughts on that.
2: Well, I mean, regarding the streaming, I mean, there was an instant this year where this would have never happened in the past, but now that I'm familiar with streaming, um, I was at the World of Outlaw event at uh, Out of Gaming Speedway in Seymour, Wisconsin. And I was with my friend, uh, Frank, who goes to the USA Nationals every year. Uh, and during a downtime in the program, he was watching Lucas Oil TV. He was watching the, the Lucas Oil feature. And I was streaming another race on my phone. It, it was from Western Wisconsin. I can't remember uh, what track it was at. But so we were actually physically at a race, but we're watching other races during a downtime at the track.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I You know, same here. Me and Polka, right? We're sitting there at, at, in Hibbing. We're doing the same thing. We had one race on, we're watching the other. We're kind of flipping back and forth. I've actually been in an announcer's booth where where, like the race director has a race going on and in between races, they're kind of looking down and catching the racing action from other places while they were watching the races when the races were happening, but they're also using it as instant replay at the track. So there's kind of some things that happen there. But uh, myself, you guys mentioned, would you agree both of you guys would rather be at the track than watch it online? Yes. I'm the flip side of that. I'd rather, if, if I'm, if I'm going to just watch the race. Okay. Now I don't go to the races because of just watching the race, but if I want to just sit back and enjoy the good racing, right. I would rather watch it online. I simply would like if it, an NFL game, right? The Minnesota Vikings and Burt's going to shake his head because his Packers kicked the crap out of us <laughs> as far as the uh, playoffs and all that. So like the Vikings had an off year. But with that said, yes, I like going to an NFL game every once in a while, one a year, maybe a couple of year, because of the atmosphere. But as far as the actual, for me watching the game, the commentary, the better view, I would rather I would rather watch it on TV all day long. I, I would, and I'd rather watch it by myself because I, I don't want anybody bugging me. I want to watch it. Now, a track, if a track is in jeopardy of fans wanting to watch it online rather than being at the track, that has nothing to do with the online service. That has to do with their lack of entertainment value of being at the racetrack. You know, I this is where I disagree with Puka. I don't believe we need nine classes of cars. I know he likes that <laughs> sarcasm. He really doesn't, okay? But you know, nobody wants to go to a racetrack and watch seven, eight, nine, ten classes of cars. There is not one person on planet Earth that's going. Man, I hope they got ten classes and they have us there for eight hours. That would be awesome. No, nobody wants that. See, I talked to a friend of mine this uh, a couple weeks ago uh, Josh, and he, he lives down over by Alexandria and owns a runestone insurance, sponsors a bunch of race cars. And he's like, Ryan, I don't go to the races to watch the races. I enjoy watching racing. I go there for the people. I go there for the interaction. I go there to visit. He goes, I love when the races get done at 10 o'clock, you know, maybe a little bit before so I can go down in the pits. Obviously he's in the pits anyway, but so we can hang out, maybe have a beer or two visit with the drivers, tell some stories, but these race programs that get done at midnight, one o'clock in the morning. No, nobody wants that. And some of those tracks are going to see people wanting to watch it online because nobody wants to be there that long. So that is going to happen. And I think some tracks, like you said, Puka, they're going to have to make a pivot to kind of uh, combat that, make their program better. So with that said, you know, I'll recap the top five. The SRX series by Tony Stewart. That's number five, right? Number four, I already forgot, right? (laughs) Number four, (laughs) driving, (laughs) Driving, you know, they put themselves on the map in 2020. Number three, three drivers making their mark in the late model world. Number two, we X'd it out, right? (laughs) And number one, is simply covid but kyle larson's big big story in 2020 really was number two but it wouldn't have happened without number one so guys it's been a heck of a year and uh one for the record books because all the stuff that happened before you know because of covid never in a million years did i think any of that would happen and you know what do you say we get into now the the best of 2020 what do you say we get into that perfect all right. Let's, let's do it. it. All right. We got a handful of things. We like to give out the awards. There's some people that deserve some recognition and maybe some that maybe don't want the recognition, but Hey, that's okay. So let's start with, we already mentioned this track and the the one to go show national track of the year for 2020 hookah.
0: Yeah. Fairbury all Americans or American Legion speedway. Uh, hands down, like I said, put themselves on the mat, did a great job with streaming. The Perry Dirt Classic, this was the first year that it was supposed to be a three-day $50,000 to win event, you know, so you know, really, because they were 20000 before that, so really moving solidly into that Crawling Jewel category, but I think many, many race fans are going to, like Ryan said earlier, they're going to find their way to that black dirt to falls, exciting racing, slide jobs, you know, ripping the wall. It's, it's just a fantastic facility, fantastic racing. Um, And like I said, they proved it on numerous different, you know, whether it was the hell tour or the, the uh, one for the road. And they did have that, that, that race, I think early October, that Bishop one was like $15,000. I can't remember the name of it now, but you know, so they, like I said, they pivoted and they made it happen uh and yeah i mean uh congratulations to everyone at falls bert i don't know if you want to comment
2: no i mean i agree i mean uh falls is uh one of the tracks that uh is on my bucket list to get to uh one day and uh this year's racing action there didn't do anything to discourage that <laughs> yeah and i'll
1: just end with this prairie dirt classic 2021 that is on the list, and I fully intend to go there. So I'm jacked up to get there, and it wouldn't have happened without COVID because I probably wouldn't have even watched the race there. So let's get into number two here the the regional,
2: the regional track of the year. Bert, um, we uh, decided on uh, Mississippi Thunder Speedway. Um, I don't think there's a there's a track. Uh, in the region that has done more to promote itself over, even before COVID, they were really uh, pushing the promotion at that track, but it seems like they, they're striving to uh, get bigger and better. And, you know, 2021, they have the World of Outlaw Late Models coming there. So uh, that's a two-day show, I or two shows there. And uh, so, you know, they keep pushing the bar up and, uh, you know, that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, they're not they're not resting on their laurels. They, you know, like I said, World of Outlaws May seventh and eighth, MLRA shows in there, two Dirt King shows again this year. And I remember is it a Tyrone that runs it? I remember watching one of those Facebook lives. Like again, when when you know they were working on you know how are we going to get this to work and Wisconsin's open and and I mean I remember like thousands of views you know on that video of him saying this is kind of our plan and like I said they they went all at it to make racing happen. And, and you know, that 4th of July special that John Canta one, that was, was that a Dirt Kings or was that just a, yes. okay, that no, was the Dirt, Dirt Kings, Kings, you know? Yeah, so, um, you know, like I said, just a fantastic year. Like Again, a track I hadn't been to, hadn't seen a lot of, but, uh, you know, like Bert just said about the Prairie Dirt Classic and, and Fairbury being a bucket list track, that's a bucket list track for me. I'd love to get down there and check out and, some racing at some point here in 2021.
2: And one thing to remember about Mississippi Thunder Speedway was they held a they held a race there when technically the state of Wisconsin was still shut down. Was well, is that uh, what in, that uh, meeting, okay, maybe that's yeah. why that Facebook line. Yeah. okay, so it was still you know, closing? Okay. I mean, you know, they did everything in their power to put that race on, you know, they made people wear masks, they limited the number of people, I think it was five, uh, five pit crew members per driver or something like that, but I mean, they they made it happen i mean and there was a race before the state was officially open and i mean i think that says a lot to fans and even potential sponsors i mean the 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 lengths that they'll go to put on a race yeah they had the the race to be
1: essential right this is what it was (laughs) yeah and the promoter there you know tyrone you know, he, he's a promoter, but the owner and uh, I guess co-promoter, if you will, Bob Tim, you know, they're, they're business minded people and they're problem solvers, right? They, they very easily, they very easily could have said, well, let's just kind of let the dust clear when it happens, it happens. But in my opinion, they spearheaded the whole beginning to the racing season in Minnesota and Wisconsin because of all the effort and time and everything they put into making that initial race happen it got a whole bunch of other track promoters going, well, heck, I mean, if they did it, maybe we better look at a way to make this work. So they really catapulted the 2020 season for Minnesota and Wisconsin, in my opinion. And they always strive to go bigger, right? It's not like a nothing against the club run tracks, but they're like, wow, we're just going to try to get the show in. Right. And they're always, they got big vision. They're trying to have bigger, better, you know, a, a beautiful facility you know, we watched. I mean, we've watched a ton of races, and there's tracks where, like, hey, you know, the track was not very good, and all of a sudden they have a track, you know, a track night where this track's like a little bit off, and they're like, oh man, we really apologize, we dropped the ball on that one, and you know, they they're striving for excellence in everything they do, and uh, I'm expecting big things to happen down at the Mississippi Thunder Speedway in Fountain City, Wisconsin. So hats off to those guys, and now. Let's talk about some drivers, right? And uh, I like to call this one the crowd-pleaser moment of the year for 2020. And uh, I'll go ahead and take this one because I'm so excited that i got to be a part of this one. But uh, we had the the Fastlane Motorsports and Powder Coating Northland Superstock Series, and it was the finale over at the Big O, the Wegmans Ogilvy Speedway, Ogilvy, Minnesota, Shane Sabrasky had that baby won. He was already basically crowned champion. He had to start at the feature. He was supposed to start second inside Dirt Race Central. Um, John, specifically from Dirt Race Central, came up with an idea. Him and I put it together, created a little bit of extra money to go towards it, and said, Shane, here's the deal. You start dead last in this baby and win, and you're going to get a nice little check and the extra $1,805 Himden and hot about it got the fans involved they said heck yeah we want to see him do it so he said yes and guys he put on a show starting 26th and winning that deal in just impressive fashion and the energy that was at the racetrack in that deal guys it, it was awesome and i know you guys got to see that what was your thoughts on that in uh, 2020 with shane Sabraski at the big o go ahead Bert.
2: well i mean it in this day and age with the technology that's on these cars, um, you know, it, it's hard to start deep in the field and get to the front. So to start 26 and work your way up and win the race, I mean, that is, that is quite a feat all by itself, let alone for the extra money.
0: <laughs> Ryan, when was it? Was that July or June? Do you remember? July. Okay. So what I want to say is because, so, you know, we picked up so many new viewers over the last, you know, handful of months. You know, if you did not see that, we have some great clips. So if you go back to our July shows on Facebook or YouTube, you can actually watch some of those highlights because, right, you know, we got some great coverage from Dirt Race Central. But, yeah, I mean, the way you were working the microphone there on the front stretch, Ryan, you know, putting him on the spot, I thought that was crazy. Well, that's not up to me. It's up to the fans, and the fans are roaring. And, and, uh, yeah, no, I think that was fantastic and and really good for racing.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Just a class act individual. And and what's impressive to me is, if I would have came from 26th to first on the super stock, I wouldn't have needed a new quarter panel might have had some tire marks on the side of the car guys. He didn't even touch anybody all the way to the front and, you know, and, and, uh, the fans really enjoyed that. So another treat in our area, being able to watch him do that. Now there's a couple crazy things that happened this year. You know, again, I wouldn't have seen this if it weren't for, I guess, the technology that we have today, but over at the Dakota classic mod tour, there was a stock car race, IMCA stock car race. And, uh, we're gonna call this the "What the hell was that?" moment of the year.
2: In the man, do you guys remember that deal? Go ahead. I re, yeah, I remember it somewhat. I don't remember the specifics about it, uh, so I'm I'm not gonna explain it because I don't have the specifics. Like you know it, so I'm gonna let you explain it.
0: <laughs> well, well I, I, I'll I'll just take. I remember at first I, the first time I watched it, I didn't really get it at first you know i'm like well what's the big deal and i'm watching like you know everyone checkered flag flew everyone pulled off the track then watching it again i picked up on what it wasn't ryan you can explain to everyone kind of what happened there.
1: <laughs> so so the footage from race xr you know and we'll, we'll play the clip right here so you can watch it guys I, I i'll have it listed on here i don't remember the name of the track i should have that in front of me but needless to say it was a heat race And they come around and they had to exit the racetrack off of turn two. The the pits were in the back straightaway. And the leader comes off of turn two and pulls off like he's going to the scales. And second follows. And third follows. And everybody follows. And they're announcing that, like, there's still one more lap, right? And and finally, somebody got the attention of the last place car. In the last place car like everybody's like off the track, and that last place car turns back on the track, they go around, he gets the win, and it's like, I don't think the dudes ever won a race ever in their entire life. So imagine that year track race fans, the last place guy that met ne- or gal that never wins a race, ever, ever, ever being able to pull something like that off. That I mean, that was that was crazy. I've never seen it. They always say racers are like a bunch of sheep and yeah, they were exactly right in, the, in that one right there. That was, that was one of the crazier things that I've seen in dirt track racing was that. Now, let's get into something that may have been a little more crazy, right? And we call this the 2020 meltdown of the year, all right? And uh, Puka, where did this happen
0: at? Oh, gosh, out in Jamestown. Oh, this was insane. This was during the Stampede, correct? And and we have for, we have it. I know we have it for those of you that on our TikTok, I I went and found it on October 10th. We posted this one. It says after the checkers, but uh, yeah, you know, racing can get heated and uh, there can be rivalries throughout the year uh, that, that, or or actually throughout the years up plural. And, and uh, you know, sometimes things get to a boiling point and, and we had a driver that uh, got to his boiling point and, I don't think he intended to, for this to happen. Do you guys want me to get all into it or do you want to explain it, Bert?
2: No, you can you
0: can explain okay. it. Go well, he, ahead. Yeah, you know, they're are on the cooldown lap. Checker flag flies are on the back stretch, and this driver, and I can't remember his name, but he goes and belts the car in front of him, and both of them are up and roll over. Um, and now this gentleman's gonna uh, Ryan will give you the specifics on it. He's got a little bit of suspension time out there in Jamestown.
1: Yeah, this gentleman, his name is A.J. Davenport, and, and I don't remember the other driver, but uh, needless to say, he hooks the other driver, drives over him, he goes over the top, that guy rolls over, this is way after the race, I mean, I've seen people, I mean, we're talking about, you can look at Cedar Lake, right, you got the incident between Turbo and and uh, Bobby Pierce, where they kind of nose, and the whole place went bockers, this is that on, on steroids times a million, I mean, like, literally, it wasn't just like a bump. It's like just completely carnage. And uh, they give him a 10 year ban from the Jamestown Speedway. I believe, I believe it's a, was it a 20 or 10 or 20,000? It was a big number. It was either 10 or $20,000 fine. It was substantial where a portion of that has to go to the driver portion goes, he ain't never going to pay that. That's just simply not going to happen. He also got an indefinite suspension from Wasoda. He got a fine there. I haven't heard if he got anything from IMCA, I'm assuming, but guys, I mean, that was literally the meltdown of the year um, for AJ Davenport. So you can you guys can enjoy the footage here and kind of check that one out. Now, let's get into uh, let's get into some drivers that maybe performed on a high level, right? And it wasn't all it's not all drama. It's not all drama, okay? And uh, you know, last week we talked about the the one the inaugural one to go show regional late model power rankings, and uh, we actually honored the one to go show regional late model power rankings driver of the year.
0: The X Factor. Jesse Glens. Go ahead, Bert. You can start on this one.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Jesse Glens was, uh, we named him the driver of the year. Um, uh, we put a lot of time and effort in well, Ryan put a lot of time and effort into, uh, doing a lot of research, comparing him to other drivers head to head. And, um, I mean, it's a very fitting award for, for Jesse and, um, As good as this season was, it's probably just the beginning of many, many good seasons, hopefully anyway. (laughs)
0: Yeah, fantastic guy. We got to do an interview with him, click on last week's show. Uh, We we caught up with him and uh, he talked a little bit about his season and just a class act guy.
1: Absolutely. And and just, I mean, what's cool to me is he doesn't have that huge budget. Again, nothing against people that do, but he's able to perform at such a high level with a a four-year-old car. You know, an engine that I think he said was a 2015 engine that was originally and his modified and, and to be really the, the shining star. I mean, there was a lot of good drivers in our area, but he stood out at the top and uh, just a, a great year for Jesse Glens in the 7X. Now, let's get into the national late model driver of the year, Hookah. What do you got there?
0: Brandon Shepard, I guess it should really come as no surprise. Uh, your World of Outlaw late model champion 2020, you know. And we were kind of looking at just some of the money stuff, you know, just as World of Outlaw winnings, you know, about 250k, and then you add the 50,000 at North South 100, you have the 50,000 at um the I 80 at the uh, what do they call that one? I 80 oh. silver Whatever. dollar, so silver dollar, yeah, silver dollar nationals. Uh, you know, just you know, super impressive. And then, like I said, he won that one in October. And I actually found in my notes the one at Falls that they raced in October. I found the name of that. Oh, Fall Frenzy! It was 15k at the Fall Frenzy. So he's pushing, you know, 300. say like I said, one some L 2 races, he's pushing 400 thousand dollars in earnings in 2020. Wasn't, what a wasn't there a hundred
1: grand? Wasn't there a hundred grand to show windup show in there too? Well, oh, actually, the North South. The
0: North South was 100.
1: That's right. Dirt track world champion. Dirt track world
0: champion. Yep. Yep. That's right. Yep. Well, oh, God, that's where right. he won that one, too. Yeah. Okay. Gosh. I'm, all over. Yeah, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking down in the South. So, yeah. So hey, we're talking five, you know, $500,000, half a million dollars in winnings.
2: Apparently, he won so many races, we don't even know which ones he won. He yeah. <laughs> you know, and,
1: and that's a close. It was closer
2: than I thought because when you run the numbers between him
1: and you know, you put him side-by-side on the nights that he ran against Brandon Overton, guys, they raced against each other 30 times, and Bishop beat him 15 times, Overton beat him 15 times, so it was split right down the middle, and actually, side-by-side, right, Overton had one more win against him, eight versus seven, so when they were head-to-head, Overton had a slight nod, but when you look at the money this guy made and the big shows that he won and the crown jewels and the World of Outlaw Championship, and he does have four more wins than Overton, man, what a season. And, and humble guy. I mean, we kind of knock a little bit on Mark Richards as he's like the, the political guy in dirt track racing. But but Brandon uh, Shepard, absolutely deserving of that. And, you know, as any clo- closing uh, thoughts there on B-Shepard?
0: Well, just the fact that we were talking a little bit before the show, he also won a, won a race or two in a mod also. So we don't even talking about that. So, yeah, just, you know, we, we talked, you know, when we talked about the late model rank because some guys had a dream season, you know, definitely a dream season for him. We'll see what the future holds. You know, will this be his best season ever? I would probably take the under on that thinking it will have many more, maybe, you know, possibly even better than this because he's so young and he's got the resources with Mark and, and Rocket and everything, but um, very deserving of our driver of the year.
2: I agree. And, you know, I just want to mention that I do believe that I picked Brandon Shepard to win the World of Outlaw Championship this year. So I think my comment was uh, until somebody proves that they can beat him, he's got to be your pick every year. (laughs) Yeah, I I will say that I had a second, but it was not a close
1: second. (laughs) It definitely was not. So great year there for Brandon Shepard. Now let's go one step further, right, because he's the national late model driver of the year but i think we have to recognize the overall driver nationally right nationally nationwide the the one to go show national driver of the year keith is
0: gonna love this okay <laughs> yes kyle larson you know a guy that we brought up earlier uh, ryan said 46 wins he won in a sprint car well he won a roll of all a sprint car he won an all-star sprint car he won in a midget. He won a late model. I mean, wh- wh- you know, did he, did he actually have any chance he had a NASCAR win before they knocked him out of there this
1: year? <laughs> he didn't, but he also won a new sack, right? So he wanted yeah, that, no. <laughs> yeah, that mile deal or whatever he won. I like, won one of them deals. So, I mean, uh, the guy gets into a race car and it doesn't matter what, he put him in a wheelbarrow and I'm pretty sure he'd have a good opportunity to win.
2: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, we are having a, a race counter to see if he could reach 50 i mean we had that with sabraski during the season but towards the end of of this race season uh nationally we we're wondering if uh larson could reach 50 came up a little bit short but to even approach 50 is just amazing and to do it in such a variety of of div- of um uh, of sanctioning bodies and types of cars i mean uh who would have thought he was going to win a late model race?
1: (laughs) I had no, I, I really didn't think he was going to finish in the top 10, to be honest. I thought, you know, and, and really, I mean, he ran really well there. What was it? Portsmouth. Is that where it was? You know? So, I mean, he really ran well there. That was kind of one of his stomping ground tracks. He performed well in the sprint and uh he kind of laid an egg there a little bit at the dirt track world championship he didn't quite perform uh, as good as he thought but my goodness i mean what a treat to be able to watch this guy you know thank you nascar for getting rid of him this year so we had an opportunity to watch him race real race cars that was pretty nice of you because uh i don't watch nascar so i wouldn't have watched him in that but uh man just absolutely impressive super thankful that it sounds like he's going to continue to still be able to drive some dirt track racing, um, even though he is back into NASCAR. So I'm, I'm excited for that in 2021.
0: Puka. I just, I want to look this up just to make sure. Cause I had an inkling on this. He also won the chili bowl. I mean, that was so long yeah. ago, but yeah. he won the chili yeah. bowl too. So, That's how we started the year. You're right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. so, yes. I mean, geez. So man, just incredible.
1: Yeah. Why I, even I, go
0: back to NASCAR, Kyle? What are you doing? Yeah, then you got his wife, shotgun,
1: (laughs) and beer. She's going to turn into a flat-out alcohol. He keeps winning. He had to get back into NASCAR, otherwise she was going to be going to AA. (laughs) That's probably it, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, great year there. Kyle Larson, uh, the one to go show national driver of the year. And uh, I think we'll end with this. We got one more and because, I mean, we're kind of a regional, you know, most of what we talk about is regional, especially during the Wissota Dirt Kings and Tri-State, you know, kind of season, so to speak. And I, I think uh, we would be remiss if we didn't have a one-to-go show regional driver of the year. And uh, Bert kind of mentioned him a little bit already, right? The one and only, the Iron Man, Shane Sabraski, the the regional driver of the year. And you know, Bert, I'll let you kind of start on Shane a little bit, jump over to Puka, and then I'll recap.
2: Well, I mean, before we started doing this podcast, I wasn't real familiar with Shane Sabraski but you two kept talking about them and talking about them. So I back to streaming, I watched some of the races on streaming. And then, I mean, as soon as I watched my first race, it's like, okay, now I understand why they're talking about them. Yeah. I mean, we had a, uh, throughout the year we had a over, or we were wondering if you would reach 50 and couldn't quite do it. But I mean, to even be talking about 50 feature r- wins in one season, especially in a COVID year where, you know, some tracks didn't even open and schedules were constantly changing just a phenomenal year.
0: Yeah. And he races was Zoda where, you know, you're, you're penalized for doing well, right. You're starting eighth, you're starting eighth, you're starting seventh, you're starting eighth. And, and to echo Bert a little bit, I mean, I knew Shane as a great Superstock driver. I knew Shane as a great B mod driver. I didn't really know the accolades and all the winning that he had done in the A mod. Like I said, I'm a late model guy. We all know that from the show, you know, so I pay more attention to that. So, that part of, of him, you know, this year, especially with that, he was lethal in that lethal chassis. And, you know, I got to see a couple of his wins on the Godnick Law speedway this year. Um, but yeah, just uh, you know, fantastic and way to go Shane and make it a goal next year, Shane to hit 50.
1: Yeah. He had a heck of a year
0: just shy of the
1: 50 mark. And I feel like I'm kind of responsible maybe for him not hitting there. Cause I, I think I jinxed him up at the uh, Northern nationals in Superior he was literally uh, I mean, just I mean, within striking distance there and you know, and actually uh striking distance of hitting seven hundred. He 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 hit was it seven hundred feature wins? Um he hit that uh that mark at the King of Dirt over at the I ninety four speedway. And and of course I got to be a part of that and I got to interview him down at Victory Lane. I mean unbelievable the career this guy's had and just like brandon Shepard, he ain't done winning this guy's got a lot more winning to do and i mean he's raced everything he's heading down to arizona for uh, the wild west tour oh so we'll be able to jump on uh i guess it'll be on flow racing uh we'll be able to jump on there and catch him in action down there so that'll be fun to see but a class act you know one of those it's weird to me. Shane's weird to me. Shane, I love you, man, but you're weird to me, right? Because this guy wins a ton of races everywhere he goes, but everybody likes him. I mean, it's crazy. (laughs) I mean, usually when somebody wins that much, you've ruffled a few feathers along the way and you got some people talking smack about you, but like, he's one of the most humble guys. His whole family is, I mean, I know all of his grandpas and grandmas and you know, his parents and his pit crew and his wife and everybody's just super down to earth and uh, extremely humble, hardworking, one of the most talented drivers in our region. And it's a ways out, but but I'm excited. I hope he goes another 10 more years because it would be super cool to see him hit that 1000 mark and... I brought up numbers to him. He's like, I don't keep track of any of that. Like the wife takes care of that. He goes, you know, he just wants to race and we did get to see him in a late model. He drove a, a car for Provenzino and, and the night ended early, he kind of got up, caught up into something there. And I think the rear bumper came off in an, in an accident, kind of got hooked in that deal. It wasn't his fault, but uh, maybe, maybe we'll get to see him a little bit more in a late model this year. That might be kind of fun, but you know, just unbelievable. That night coming from the back and, you know, watched him just kind of dominate most of the season up at the gondek La Speedway. This guy was absolutely phenomenal. And uh, if it would have been a longer season, you know, because he kind of got a late start where he is, he would have hit 50 easily. I mean, he was just a handful short of hitting 50. He would have hit that for sure. And when it comes down to wisota not having national points, I kind of feel like that cost Shane Sabrasky some money because I'm pretty sure he would have been in the conversation if not locked to win the Modifieds and the Superstock National Championship in 2020. I've never really did the numbers on that, but I have a hard time believing anybody else when it came close. So just a great year overall. The Ironman, Shane Sabrasky from Rice, Minnesota, runs a Superstock, ran a little bit in the Midwest Mod, runs a, a Modified up here. Um, class act individual. Congratulations, Shane, on that. And, you know, with that said, you know, that's, I guess, our season in review here for 2020, guys, you know, what are your closing thoughts as we, uh, as we end our final show of the year?
0: Go ahead. Bert.
2: Well, I'm just, uh, I'm glad that 2020 is coming to an end. I know, I know just the turning of a calendar doesn't necessarily mean the world's going to change, but, uh, 2021 can't be much worse than what 2020 was. So I'm looking for bigger and better things all around in uh, the racing world, uh in 2021
0: yeah i just you know i want to be optimistic and i you know and and, i am optimistic but you know i i just don't know you know you you know cases continue to rise of course it's winter you know our only solace is we get into you know the days well you know days are getting longer right now you know and 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 then warmer weather will start coming through the south and hopefully we can beat this thing otherwise you know, we're, you know, we're, we might be back in the same situation in 2021. And I hate to see it. And I hate to say it because I want to be optimistic. And so with that being said, it's going to be interesting again, will South Dakota stay open? Will they start racing right away? They've already kind of been through it once, you know, our other state, you know, what, what is Wazota going to do? Are they going to, like I said, kind of sit back a little bit and, and, and be conservative and, and, and just kind of say, well, we're not so sure, you know, and, and Wisconsin going to get going. And so, you know, cause you know, we talked about some tracks that didn't open and, and some track that benefited from COVID, you know, and, and so are we gonna, you know, see tracks closing and like I said, ad dollars drying up. So, you know, uh, I mean, I mean, I'm excited for 2021, just like Bert, uh, but you know, I, I'm just not quite there yet that, you know, we've, you know, I mean, of course we got the vaccines coming too, but how fast are they gonna roll out? What's gonna happen there? But, um, you know, cause a lot of people have said they're not gonna take the vaccine anyway. So then, you know, so, I don't know. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, I guess you'd say. And I just want to take that time to wish uh, uh, both of you and everyone that's uh, watching or listening today, uh, you know, a happy new year, happy 2021.
1: Yeah. And and I agree. Happy new year to everybody. And and, uh, especially all the people watching the show, you guys, all of our families, I'm more optimistic. I'm a firm believer that winners win. That's what they do. Period. See the most successful people in life are problem solvers. And a testament to that would be the folks down at the Mississippi Thunder Speedway. They pivoted, they found a way to make it work. They created success because they wanted to make success. Right. So the people, no matter if, if we mirror and, and knock on wood, we ain't going to mirror 2020. I, I really believe that. I think this is going to end sooner rather than later. I said that at the beginning of the year too, but uh, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, I, I truly believe that I think, uh, you know, we, it might, there might be still still some struggles or, or whatever, but I still think that it's going to end. Now, the fact of the matter is, though, the people that want to succeed, the people that find a way to kind of make it happen, they make it happen. And the people that want to kind of make an excuse, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, but all this is going on. They, it just It is what it is, right? So I'm optimistic that regardless of everything... We're going to see some fantastic racing in 2021. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you guys one question to to end the show is who is the driver? I, I don't care if it's regionally, locally, nationally, I don't care, right? Who's the one driver that you're really excited to see how 2021
0: turns out for them? I got my guy. You want me to start? Go ahead. Hot Carl in his crate late model. That's the guy. <laughs> Hands down. Hot Carl, we're ready. Bring it. Let's see it.
2: <laughs> nice. Um, nice. Well played. I'm going to say uh, Tim McCready. Um, he won some big races this year. Uh, he was just a little bit too inconsistent uh, to challenge Owens for the championship, but uh, it was the first year with a new team, so being the you know, 2021 being the second year with the team, uh, I'm I'm expecting him to challenge for the Lucas Oil Championship.
1: In mine, I'm going locally. I'm gonna go Jeffrey Bassingill. I know Brett's a little mad at me, right? I didn't put him <laughs> up in the top three. I didn't put him up in the top four. Okay, he, he wasn't up there. I'm sorry, guys. I love you guys. I do. But but the fact is, number one, I mean, he performed at a very high level. He raced against all the competition in the area. He hit every big show. And, and now he made a switch, right? He kind of, this was his breakout year to where people like, like hey, Massingill's pretty quick. He was in a kryptonite. Now he's going to be in a Weiss-Haley uh, chassis. Totally different deal. So number one, I'm looking to see if this thing's going to be better or worse, right? Because he is pretty darn good this year. Number two is they want to get up in the top three conversation. One, win ain't going to cut it, right? And I, I want to see if he can get five, six, seven, eight. I want to see him get, you know, a higher, be one of the higher win counts because I think uh, it showed this year that he's in the hunt. He was close a lot of times. So I want to see that. I I think he's going to run for the race for the national points, challenge series, see where he performs on that. I got some high expectations for that 6M. So that's the guy that I'm going to keep an eye on. And, you know, with that said, guys, you know, happy new year to you. It's been a great year. I've enjoyed doing the show with you. And uh, Puka, we're going to let you close this baby out in style like you always do.
0: All right, fans, like I said, Happy New Year from all of us to all of you. Get out there and be your dream in 2021. You're tuned to The One To Go Show.